everybody, welcome to the world's greatest Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell, and today we're going to be taking a look at Spidey comics from November of 1988. That's right, and unfortunately, G.I. Jolie cannot be with us, but Bex Luthor is here. So you're stuck with just me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, we're happy right. to have you. Yes, like, Michael Bay you know fan, what? Roland Emmerich fan, <laughs> I didn't say I liked Michael Bay. Roland Emmerich <laughs> and Michael Bay are different. Okay. They're very different men. They have, they have different visions. They're different auteurs. They have different oeuvres. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one likes to blow up robots fighting each other, and one likes to blow up monuments. Very different. Okay. Okay. Very, mm-hmm. yes. Very nuanced there. Okay, so... Uh, we're talking about Spidey in November 1988. Can you guys believe it? We're almost at the end of 1988. It's crazy. That means we Sad. have like 13 months left from the 80s. <sighs> yeah, we're not going to talk about that because we'll make it sad. But anyway. All right. Um, sad, that's first... still so long. <laughs> it is, it is. And plus we got other stuff in between. But anyway, um, we're going to talk about Web of Spider-Man 44, which is actually part one of a two-part crossover with the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Now, we should point out that even though it's kind of a spoiler for the story, in this time period, the Incredible Hulk was not green and dumb. The Incredible Hulk was smart and gray. Right. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> Which is pretty Did cool. You guys kn- I, yeah. I, I knew of this. I didn't realize it was at this time period in comics. Cool. Um, a little disappointed with this cover spoiling that I, yeah. because I wouldn't have known it was Hulk because there's a hint in this issue and we'll talk about it I'm sure when when we do like the recap but there's a hint uh, of like who this ca- mis- mystery character is and we just see like a grey hand and then like a silhouette of a face and if I hadn't seen the cover and then read amazing crossover with the Incredible Hulk. I would have been surprised when it was revealed at the end that this was the Hulk. See, this is a problem with comics, especially in the 80s, is it's almost like there's an inconsistent plan. Like, is it a mystery? Is it not a mystery? And if it is a mystery, if it's not a mystery, which it is mm. not, because it's given away in the cover, why even bother with all of the drama, right? Of keeping him in the shadow and hiding his face. So you're right. It does kind of ruin it, but whatever. It was a different time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, it still happens today with all of, like, movies for trailers. Yes. Spoiling everything that's good happening in, in the show or the movie or whatever. So, uh, but, okay, let's let's jump into this one. I'm going to be recapping this one real quick. Um, all right. Spidey is swinging through. He is in. Uh, Vegas. Vegas. Okay. He's in Vegas on his book tour still. Uh, He's swinging around the city and his spidey senses go off as he swings past like a building and he like stops for a second to kind of like uh, survey the area, see what's going on. And uh, it turns out that it's one of the uh, Warzone crew Uh, and he's like pointing a bazooka just out in the open like aiming at things practicing for something we don't know quite yet um and spidey swung past 
the the direction that the bazooka was was pointing so his spidey senses went went off and uh this guy outlast warzone whatever his name is he's one of the warzone boys he's um he's like hmm that's weird spider-man's here i'll we'll have to figure oh you know we'll have to figure that out spidey kind of brushes everything off uh and he's like oh shoot i'm late for my uh my interview i gotta gotta get going so he swings down you know switches over to uh, uh peter parker we cut over to a random bar and uh we see the rest of the warzone crew we've got um a bunch of other people champ oh, I, <laughs> I love his names i don't know any of their delta. names delta delta it's, it's alpha delta Beta, delta right bravo charlie bravo oh sorry yeah it's like the the don't I, know what it actually is but the right the, it, I only know the Bloodhound Gang song. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not it's, helpful it, it's at all. the as far as I know, it's the letters for it's like the military. S- right? Yeah, military. Not not SOS, but like it's it's related to that. I think. Yeah, the song called is called Foxtrot Uniform Charlie Kilo, and that's mm. the letters that I know. Mm. See, the only ones I know are like, for example, the VA Kong were VC, and so that's why they were called Victor Charlie, and that's where they get the slur Charlie from. They would just call oh. the Viet v- Cong Charlie. Mine was I just saw the a whiskey fuck. tango foxtrot too, which is WTF. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. We're <laughs> <Anyways>. very informed. <laughs> um, so, anyways, they're in this bar and they're like, "Tomorrow's the big day. We're gonna do the game or whatever they're doing." We cut over to this woman who is like, "Oh, I'm so excited to. I'm just so beautiful and." pretty and everybody loves me and i'm so attractive and i have such a problem because i'm just too hot um, relatable just i'm just way so i'm just so freaking hot it's so annoying uh i was i wish i was more average looking and she walks into a hotel and she's like going to see the guy that she's been seeing and this is where we get this hint of this like figure um she goes knocks on the door she's like says some weird pickup line about Michael Jackson. And then this like figure in the doorway says, beat it. We cut over to the best part of the comic where, uh, it cuts to beat it playing, uh, uh, in the actual like story. It's digestive, uh, as the, the war zone gang are like packing up, getting ready for the big day tomorrow. Um, Cut over to Peter. He's doing his interview. Uh, this woman doesn't even remember his name uh, half the time. It's like a bunch of jokes, whatever. Um, and then we see uh, one of the Warzone crew is like watching the interview as it's going on. And so does this beautiful woman. Uh, she's like distraught because this guy, this mystery guy kind of like brushed her away. So she's sitting at a bar watching this and she's like, why can't I like normal looking men like that guy on TV, Peter? Yeah. Okay. He's got a book signing. I'll guess, I guess I'll go see him or something. Uh, so the next day, Peter's at the, um, the book signing and then, uh, nobody shows up except for this woman. And at the same time, the Warzone crew are starting their like big, battle and i guess it's to see who's going to survive 
who who can survive the uh, the day and they're just out killing each other in Las Vegas. But how can somebody be the reigning champ and he and somebody's going to beat him again if they try and kill each other every year? Anyways, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so he shoots a bazooka at the, the, the beta or Bravo. Sorry. I think her name is she like dodges it. And, um, this woman gets in her way. So she pushes her on the ground and her head gets knocked on a, a telephone pole and she, she goes unconscious. And then Peter sees what's going on. He slips into his Spidey costume and she, he, he kind of stops the fight. And, um, he thinks that the woman bravo is being attacked so he's kind of like i'm gonna go uh try and stop this guy you stay here and and be safe um so he leaves her there for a second oh sorry sorry sorry. he leaves to bring the woman to the hospital sorry and he drops her off um the the nurse there that picks her up is her roommate and she's like what's going on like you got to tell me is is something wrong doc like what's gonna happen he kind of like brushes her out of the room um and she's so worried about what's going on she calls this guy named uh what do they call him mr Mr. fix it mr fix it so she calls mr fix it and he's kind of like i'm not i don't have time for this i'm not dealing with this anymore she's on her own and then crushes the phone in his hands cut over to spider-man he goes back for bravo and bravo's kind of like this is a good chance for me to use spidey as bait it'll lure the rest of the warzone guys out and i can kill him and be the champion um so she kind of like teams up with spidey and uh they go to this like casino um and he lures the they you know that lures the rest of the warzone gang out and there's essentially like a big battle that starts and uh mr fixit actually shows up and kind of stops this warzone that's going on and then uh, as he turns around to face spider-man he kind of lifts up his hat and we it's revealed that it's actually the incredible hulk that is mr fixit and that's where this issue leaves us right and a little bit of a cliffhanger it's a weird issue i don't hate it but i'm not sure how i feel about it either well the premise is a little odd right like the whole kind of yeah not even war games whatever you want to call it it's just an odd premise mm-hmm. to have spider-man get mixed up in yeah like i, hey, I like hey, the mike, idea sorry what uh hey can you test your mic is working right oh wait oh wait uh yeah it sounds hold on it might yeah. be on um Oh, wait, I know what happened. Forget it. Okay, I'll start again. Hold on. Okay, it sounds better now, I think. I think it's, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound better? Okay, just a minute. Wait, wait, wait. How about now? Testing, 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 testing. You're just like cutting in and out. Really? Testing, testing. Okay, hold on. You know what? Um, Just a minute. Uh, I have another microphone, but of course, it's plugged in with the same thing I used to plug in my recorder. But just give me a minute, okay? I'm just gonna mark down the time here. Yeah, sure. Okay, just give me a second. Give me sure, a second sure. here. I think I'll be okay if I do it this way. Yeah, you sounded fine before, but then all of a sudden it just kind of went. Yeah. Well, no, it's because I switched ears, and I think when I did that, I jostled something loose. Okay, can oh, you guys okay. hear that? No, you can't. Okay, just no. Wait. Okay. Um, 
Can you guys hear that? Testing, testing, one, two, three. Can you hear that? Yeah, that's good. Yes. Okay. Okay, so I'm just going to make a little note here. This mm. is really awkward now. Oh, you guys can't see me, can you? No. Nope. <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> um. Okay, I guess you don't need to see me. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, hold on. Um, so it is 12. Okay, just a minute. I'll just put a note here. 12. Mike. Oh, my keyboard doesn't work. Okay, can you guys send... Yeah, because I have to unplug it. Can you send me a note on... in the chat? Just put 12 uh, Mike's microphone, okay? Oh, my God, what a nightmare. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. Okay, so... I thought that the premise was a little odd. Like, I like the idea of getting Spider-Man involved in the Hulk and like Las Vegas, but yeah, this whole choice of having these kind of like war games, people just shooting each other in the street was an odd one, but I did enjoy the story. Like, although I thought mm-hmm. that the whole beat it sequence was a little bit too forced. Other than that, <laughs> I thought the I, dialogue was funny. And I, know. I get that. It is cheesy. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think it's kind of fun. Right. Uh, I sorry. I think that it's. I think getting to that point was weird. Like the whole her line about the Michael Jackson quote is what's weird. But cutting to it playing on the radio, I think it's a really fun idea. Right. Especially when it's like cuts to the bad guys like packing up and preparing for battle. It's pretty fun. Sure. Right. Right. Um, and I I even like the idea of these like assassins. Um getting ready to like kill each other on in Las Vegas and he's wrapped them up, up in it. That's kind of fun, but it's uh-huh. weird that it's like a fun comp- competition. It doesn't make any sense. How can he, how can he have beat beaten you before? If the goal is to kill everybody else in the competition. See, that's what I didn't get because when I, I did read this a few times as a kid and I remembered it as being almost like paintball, but clearly it's not, they're actually mm-hmm. shooting each other with guns. Right. So you're right. right. And I don't and quite maybe, get that either. Maybe that it could have, we could have even just had something where it was like assassin, like a group of assassins, and the only one that gets promoted and actually gets to work with the head assassin is the one that survives. So it's like their their final mission as like apprentice assassins is to like be the last one standing, kind of thing, right? Or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just sure. Uh, but I, yeah, I guess it's kind of nitpicky. But that was like the the weird thing I I found with with this issue was. I wasn't. I was a little confused as to exactly why they're doing this and what right. it all means. But okay, Bex, what about you? Well, I spoiled it for myself because I'm an idiot. So I, 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 <laughs> I know what happens. Um, because I was like, oh, are these people like any people? So I like looked them up, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. But you're not gonna tell us, are you? Because I forgot. No, I'm not. I don't want to spoil anything. But okay. um. Actually, I don't know if they're going to, like... Because the Wikipedia could be just telling information from, like, a Marvel handbook. And maybe they just never reveal that in in the comics. Because that would definitely happen. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I was okay with it. Because I was like, oh, maybe they're just crazy. Or, like, maybe they're, they can't die or something. I don't mm. know. They're ghosts. They're not ghosts. Uh-huh. Well, I guess um, we'll find out because we are going to read part two of the Hulk next week. Mm-hmm. Turns the out Hulk. they're werewolves too. Are oh. they? No. <laughs> um, I don't understand this girl at all. 
Shout out to the Hulk just being a jerk. Uh-huh. Um, he almost has like a, a, a Thing-esque attitude about him in this. Right. Because he's just like blowing off this pretty girl and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I, I was more kind of just like, I just read this one quick. It wasn't very interesting to me, I think. I don't know. Well, I didn't like the mm-hmm. art either. <laughs> Well, it's the same artist as that's always been that's been on web for like a year now. But I don't know. The I Hulk, like the art. In the last panel, if you didn't tell me that was the Hulk, I might not know that that was the Hulk. Um, really, I think it looks exactly like the Hulk. It looks like a gorilla. I mean, granted, I don't <laughs> think Keith Williams' inks are great, but like, look at that opening splash page with Spidey swinging in front of the sign. Like, I think that's a great shot. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think that there's some really fun stuff in this. I I like him swinging around Vegas right at the beginning. There's a bunch of them. Like even the first page, he's like hanging off the sign, and there's some good stuff. Right. But it is very. Uh, it feels the same. And yeah, the. I don't know if it's just the scan that we got, but the colors at times seem really off in this issue. Well, I think it's, we've talked about this before, the flexographic process, which mm-hmm. was an experimental thing at the time, um, which most people hated, but I didn't mind. But the idea was to make the colors brighter. But if you look at the skin tones, sometimes they are grotesque. Yeah. And, and it just seems more so in this issue than right. others. And again, it could be just the copy that we have. Right. Um, right. It's like a bad scan or something, but... Yeah, at times, it was a little hard to look at certain frames. Right. Uh, certain panels, sorry. Um, because the colors were just so much. And when, like, the certain panels where there's a lot going on, it was just... Yeah, it's a little too much, I think. Now, the other thing I must point out is this is my favorite era of the Hulk. Of course, it's partly because this is when I started reading the Hulk, when he was intelligent and gray. But I also personally, like, to me, the Hulk should either be mute or he should be smart and gray. This whole idea of the Hulk talking and being kind of, I, I don't know, I never liked that. Like, even the way that Mark Ruffalo portrayed him in the last couple of Avengers movies, I did not like that version of the Hulk. To me, it should either be the Lou Ferrigno dumb Hulk or this Hulk, you know? That's just mm. me, though. Sorry, you don't like when he's smart Hulk in the MCU? No, not at all. I do not mm. like the mcu hulk at all i like i like the ang look at becca's face <laughs> okay i like mm. the ang lee like in the movie the ang lee hulk he was a mute right like he was just a monster mm. and then in the second hulk with incredible with with ed norton was he talking then no right yeah he was see that's i just don't like that even like the seven we like talked about this josh like stuff. the 70s hulk the i like the comic book version those are good comics but the whole like hulk smash you know, and then how Hulk has all these nicknames for all the defenders, like Bird Nose and Blonde Hair, right. and yeah. oh, I hated that stuff. I mean, it, it's fun. Yeah, but I, I think I, I like that he's dumb. I don't always how like how dumb they make him sometimes. Like, like he knows a like a wide vocabulary, but he can't say somebody's name when they tell him. You know what I mean? Like that's weird. Right. Yes, it's inconsistent, right? It's like it I'm Spider Man, he's like Bug Man or whatever. Right, it's right. Like, it's, it's a just little weird. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Good you point. Know, that that is weird. But I kind of like that he 
talks a little bit and he's dumb because it shows the duality of Bruce and Hulk. Because Bruce is this hyper-intelligent scientist, one of like the the world's most brilliant minds. And he's uh-huh. like cursed because of like something that happened to him uh, in, in a science experiment that turns him into like the opposite of what he is, which is like mm-hmm. huge, strong, dumb. Right. So I kind of like I, I do like that. And I don't think that the Hulk is the Hulk is a um, not Bruce. The Hulk is a good character on his own. I don't like a lot of the Incredible Hulk comics because because for that reason, when he's just the Hulk, it's right. Kind of boring. I like him teamed up with other characters that he can bounce off of and he can be stupid too right well, he's also, not the focus yeah like that, that's why that whole planet hulk world war hulk i didn't care about any of that stuff i like the bruce jones hulk when it was basically like the tv show where it's bruce wayne or bruce wayne bruce banner is on the run the cops are after him and then he turns into the hulk and he destroys things then he turns back into bruce banner I don't like this whole idea of the Hulk just walking around with like a t-shirt on and just, oh, I, I don't like that whole idea. But anyway, mm. we're talking too much about the Hulk. Uh, <laughs> Becca, what do you think of the Hulk? <laughs> oh, I will talk more about the Hulk. Mm. You don't like the fact that he's just in a full suit and hat here? When he's regular sized? <laughs> yeah. You like yeah, that? That's not f- no, I don't like that he's regular sized. Um, what I was going to say when you said you didn't like the MCU Hulk, I was like, did you see him in the She-Hulk trailer? Daddy, sorry. Um, <laughs> what the hell? That whole... Look, okay? There's a whole subset of people on the internet that want to fuck monsters, and I'm not saying that I'm part of it, but I do understand. Um, do I want to fuck this Hulk? No. So... I don't understand why this woman would want to. <laughs> He's basically just a big guy He's with great skin. He's just kingpin. Yeah. And he's a dick. Yeah, isn't that what women want? No, they want dicks, not undicks. Oh, yeah. Different. <laughs> see, see, that's that. See, guys, don't listen. You just there's subtleties. Like, oh, you don't know. Oh, I get it. I get it now. No. Um, okay. I don't know. I was just more bored in this comic than anything. I, I, I'm interested in Peter's book tour, and they kind of just glaze over it in this one it's just like giving peter reasons to not be in new york which is fine but i just wish they would do something else with it right like he's in vegas are we gonna do more vegas things are we gonna like swing in casinos i don't know what else is in vegas uh that's it hookers there's also hookers (laughs) is he gonna swing on some hookers who knows maybe we'll see it's fine. It's the least interesting of the comics this week, I think. But it's also not mm. horrifically offensive. It's not like, at least with the Cult of Love, I was like, oh, what happens next week? This one, I really don't care. Okay, well, I guess we should wrap that one up. Josh, yeah. unless you had something else to say. No, I was just. I, this is kind of like a note in general. I'm surprised with how much they're sticking to this whole tour thing throughout all of the comics. You're right. It is surprising because usually they don't follow continuity that well. But no, I mean it's so, a cool subplot. You, even yeah. though I personally, I personally think that writers should just—it's kind of like the whole, you know. For example, um, 
uh, Clark Kent and Superman, the best way to avoid the question of whether or not anyone recognizes Superman as Clark Kent is to just not address it. Or, for example, in the old comics, Superman used to, like, blatantly say to the public, well, I can't tell you that, or you might figure out my secret identity. Why doesn't he just not tell anyone he has a secret identity, right? And that's kind of like how I feel about Peter and Spider-Man. Why doesn't, like, the the whole idea of introducing the fact that Peter knows Spider-Man calls attention to the fact that they're together all the time and they're working together. Why don't you just not call attention to it and have some other guy... Like, you maybe be smarter if some other guy pretended to take the photo or something. I don't know what. I, I Yeah, I don't mind it, personally, because I feel like they already use the fact that Peter takes pictures of Spider-Man as an excuse for villains to find Peter. Okay. So I feel like the cat's already been out of the bag. So I don't mind that they're, like, going on tour together. Like, Spider-Man and Peter are going on tour. Like, I... I don't know. I think this is the first time I'm. I really enjoy the excuse that they're putting uh, uh, Spider-Man in other, uh, like places besides New York. Okay. Becca, also, what are you thinking? Everybody's dumb. People are dumb. Have you ever seen Men in Black? Crowds are stupid. <laughs> I don't think that's the exact quote that that they say. <laughs> But, like, people are dumb. People are like, oh, yeah, Spider-Man's in New York because Peter Parker, who takes pictures of him, is in New York. Obviously. Like, and also, we we all know that Peter Parker is the dumbest, smartest person. So, he probably mm-hmm. just doesn't think it through that much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. For For a really smart dude, Peter Parker exudes so much himbo energy. Yeah. He really does. Mary Jane gets it. <laughs> so you, Mary Jane. Let's wrap up this issue. Yeah, let's do and it. And I, I mean, I recommend it. I think it's fun. I think it's well written. Josh? Hey, yeah, it's okay. I, I feel like I'll recommend it or not when I get to part two. I wouldn't recommend it sure. on its own without okay. end, so we'll see. But it's okay. Uh, we've already established that my opinion means nil, so. Good point. Okay, no need to ask yep. any further questions. All right. Now we're going to jump to <sighs> our first of two issues of Amazing Spider-Man. We're starting with number 307. And Becca, you're going to tell us what happened in this one. Yeah, uh, it's the chameleon because the cover has the chameleon on it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what did you guys think about this? Yeah, Done. um, it's it's actually not the chameleon because this is the this is the one about Mary Jane, right? Sure. Um, we start off Mary Jane and Peter are grocery shopping. That's cute. A woman recognizes Mary Jane from a co- uh, cover that she, of a magazine she was on. And asks for her autograph. Um, just some cute domestic stuff. And then when they're back together at their apartment, that that guy. Jonathan Caesar, who we know is definitely not a creep and a kidnapper, shows up. And we don't, we don't know what he's going to do. Because if we remember last week, it's totally spoiled in the, in the spectacular that he kidnaps her. So I wonder yep. what happens to this issue. Um, Peter is insanely jealous for some reason of this guy that Mary Jane has absolutely zero interest in. Um, and then he's like, why would I be jealous? And we pan over into Jonathan Caesar's apartment. It's just full of pictures of Mary Jane. Um, and a 3D sculpt of her? 
Yeah, just where'd you get that? Sorry, <laughs> you printed Mary Jane. Like I know she's like a famous supermodel, and like there's like a pe- there's like underwear on the wall. Like is that mm-hmm. hers? Yeah. Um, there's hair on the wall. Is that hers? Mm-hmm. Anyway, don't think Freaky. about it too. Yeah, just like the grossest dude. Um, so Peter has to go to Chicago, I believe it is, for the book tour, and he's leaving Mary Jane behind to not get kidnapped. Um, and so he goes to the book signing, and there's a couple of book shenanigans. Turns out nobody's really there, gives a shit about him at all, and he's frustrated. So we pan back over to this guy, William Duquesne, who in the previous issue we know is actually the chameleon in disguise. And everyone around him is noticing how weird he's acting, so clearly he's great at what he does. Uh, No zero suspicion that the chameleon has taken over. Uh, It turns out he kidnapped the real William Duquesne, and he is in his apartment just watching Phantom of the Opera, which, my man, you know... (laughs) Sometimes it do be like that. And then because we haven't seen the chameleon in, like, what, 20 years? He gives a little, like, backstory Recap, to Recap, yeah. Yeah. So who he is, uh, scientist, used to use masks to, like, mm-hmm. fake people, like, to trick people into thinking he was somebody else. And then now it turns out he can do that with science. Um, <clears throat> which, this is, like, the funniest explanation to uh, someone getting superpowers to me. It's just two pages. And he's like, I used to use masks to... To fake people into thinking I was somebody else, and then I now now I can just do it. <laughs> I know because, through the power of science. Not, well, yeah. you know, we'll talk about this later. But I, I have something to say about that. But we'll talk about it later. Mm. Um, so so that's fun. But I obviously this gets expanded in the next like forty years of Spider Man. So I'm, you know what? It's fine. It's it's a cool cool ability. Chameleon's got a cool ability. And it also, he could also do it to his clothes, which is funny. Um, and it turns out that he just hates America. I, it's not very clear about his motivations, but he just, it, there's just like a picture of a destroyed Capitol building and American flag. And he's like, I'll get my revenge. All right. Um, so back at the, the book tour, Peter Parker is on break, like break from the signing or whatever, and they're going to like a fun science expo. And there's a just a fancy professor who's normally cooped up in a government facility, but he's he's here to do a speech. And the chameleon shows up um, and to kidnap him, I guess, and then pretend to be him. And then meanwhile, Peter Parker's like, "Oh, guess I gotta be Spider-Man to save the day." He webs up some goons. Um, Busts in and immediately finds out that it's the chameleon. So <laughs> like, stupid. Just immediately gives it away. He's he's like, oh, there's two people. That could only be uh-huh. one man. It absolutely uh-huh. could could be somebody. Like, like, do you not know any other shapeshifters, Spider-Man? I think you do. Um, <laughs> but he gets it right first go, so good for him. And also, um, the chameleon kind of just, just gives it away. <laughs> yeah, what a bummer. So that's fun, um, but obviously the chameleon gets away um, because he keeps turning into different people. So Spider-Man throws a spider tracer on him, and commands like, "How does he keep finding me?" And then he finds the big giant tracker on his clothing, and he's like, "Ah, get rid of this!" So then he, Spider-Man finds the spider tracer. He can't trace him anymore, and chameleon gets away. Um, then 
Then we switch over to what Mary Jane's been up to, and she has a bikini shoot. Great. Love seeing a woman half-naked moments before she's terrified out of her mind. My favorite. <laughs> um, she comes back to her apartment, and there's a couple goons in there, and who who could have guessed it's Jonathan Caesar, the creepiest man to ever exist. He's here, and she's like, what do you want with me? And he's like, I just want you. And then you, f- it, then, that, and then it's the next issue. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. First thing I want to I mention is I actually think Todd McFarlane's art is better in this issue than the last few because he's inking himself again, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing I noticed. that the, I thought the art in this issue was really good. I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of examples of stuff I could talk about. Like um, even the shot of him, like when Jonathan Caesar's got all those creepy photos of Mary Jane on the wall. That's a great shot of his face there. I thought I thought that was great. Um, he's been on the next page. You know the um, looking straight down the Sears Tower mm. in New York, in Chicago. That's great. Yeah. What were you gonna say? Good. I was gonna good say perspective that's perspective work. Yeah, that's that's a, a really great uh, panel there. Right, and then uh, as you go through, I don't know. Oh, it, it's just like Todd McFarlane inked by other people is okay, but. He needs to ink himself. He knows exactly what he wants. He doesn't need to be inked by someone else. Um, when we get to the revelation of what the chameleon really looks like with his face all screwed up, that's a great shot, eh? Mm-hmm. It almost looks like the fan of the opera. Like, that's incredible. Um, and then uh, I'm just kind of going through here quickly. And then when Spider-Man jumps into action near the end, it's like money shot after money shot, you know? I mean, there's, there's always going to be a little bit of sloppiness in between those sh- um, splash pages. But, um, you know, like... All these weird, like on digital page 19, look at these weird shots of Spider-Man swinging around with his feet and legs all bent in these impossible mm-hmm. positions. But it just looks great. And then when he when he grabs the um, spider tracer and he's holding it up, like that's a classic shot right there. Um, and then, well, the shot of Mary Jane, whatever you may think of it, it's a really good shot when she's in her bikini. It's a great shot. He put, he put oh, some she, effort into it. She mm. looks beautiful. It's just yeah. very. Yeah ridiculous maybe, yeah maybe a little bit male gazy right right you now, don't say. even on the last page i love this sequence where mm-hmm. jonathan yeah like jonathan Caesar's looking at mary jane then it's a extreme close-up of his face then it's an extreme close-up of his eye then it's the building then it's zooming out and then the last panel it's just the, the bottom of the panel is breaking like glass it's great there's so much creativity put into that eh mm-hmm. even anyway. the panels themselves are like smaller each one yeah yeah good point i didn't even notice that yeah like like i mean the same width but the height is just going down and down and down and down it's yeah yep yeah um i thought the story was good this one like some of the issues of amazing lately have been kind of filler but this one i thought was really good so overall i thought it was a pretty good issue uh josh what do you think i'm really disappointed with the whole chameleon (laughs) reveal that (laughs) was crap that was crap stupid (laughs) that guy's completely right it's like huh Two of you. Oh, chameleon. It's chameleon. He like points yeah. out. It's chameleon. It's like yeah. what? Like you haven't seen this guy in twenty years. It's like this big reveal. Even for the audience, it's like the audience obviously knows, but it's like this character's coming back, and it's going to be like this big, you know, this huge story of this this character's return. And it's like, no, it's not actually. Um, he just knows it's him. So, so yeah, a little uh, disappointing. Um, that was terribly done. I, I also find sometimes these like 
Weird side jokes don't land for me as well, particularly in the amazing issues I find them. Like Like, what? Like the woman that recognizes MJ, but she's like, oh, I recognize you too. And he's like, yeah, from the book. And she's like, no, we went to high school together. Uh, that was crap. I'm just like, I'm like what? I, I don't know. I was just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't really funny. Like the, the only funny part about that is like MJ's quip afterwards of like, come on, Irving, we better get our groceries. Yeah. And get home. You know what I mean? Like the whole bit itself was like really strange. Good point. Yeah, it was just forced, right? It was just forced. Yeah, it, like, I, and I like the I like the idea of Peter like thinking like, oh, I'm doing this book tour and I'm finally like getting recognized and like people uh-huh. like me. And then maybe she's like, aren't you Mike, my bus driver, or aren't you my my the, the guy that delivers my mail? And he's like, oh no, I'm a photographer. And she's like, oh, sorry, must have thought you were somebody else, and walks away. So like, you you're still like pulling the rug under from under him. MJ can kind of still do her quip, but it's just so <laughs> weird that she's convinced that they went to grade school together and she's like screaming at him. I don't know. Right. It's whatever. Yeah. And she's like 70 and he's 23. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. point. Good point. It, but, it almost, it, it feels like something that McFarlane might've added in and then David Michelinie had to figure out how to make it work. That's what I think happened probably, you know? Yeah. And then... Even the like the book signing, like the nerd uh, signing yeah. the book in gold. Uh huh. I don't know. It's just like, well, is there a point? I don't even think that. Are they trying to like poke fun at readers and comic well, book fans? Like, I'm just probably. like, probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I don't get what. I don't know. Bex Luther, what do you think? Yeah, it, it um, <laughs> definitely is one of those where I go, oh, so, um, Fat and ugly people are terrible, but the hot people are good. And I was like, that's not <laughs> cool. Great. Like, they just, like, the, the woman who's at the signing, and it's like, oh, she's she's a little bit bigger. Disgusting. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Like, it's just, the, that, this part and, like, the, the nerd is just, like, Todd McFarlane being like, I'm like babes and motorcycles and abs. Uh, it's like, all right. <laughs> Fuck you, nerds. Yeah, sick. Uh, <laughs> love that. Um, uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did have more fun reading this one than the previous one because it is more of like the book tour and I do like the little like stuff at the beginning with, with Peter and MJ and and... It's unfortunate that she is getting kidnapped again, um, mm. but such is the life of the girlfriend of a slash wife of a superhero, I suppose. Um, yeah, the chameleon stuff sucks, and it's so upsetting. Like the it's it's I feel like maybe they were scared to do another like long ass like who's the hobgoblin, mm. but like. They could have done it so, like, the reader is aware <laughs> that the whole time, but it's right. just Peter that just doesn't know. So, mm. like, it's, that's that's the suspense. Is like, oh, no, Peter doesn't know it's the chameleon, but we know it's the chameleon. He's talking to the chameleon, and he thinks it's a different guy. But, like, now every time he sees somebody that's, like, a doppelganger or something, he's going to be like, oh, it's, it's my boy. It's the chameleon. So, so yeah, like, you know the chameleon's back. 
So yeah, with Hobgoblin they went four years, and with here they went they compensated and went one panel. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah, make that just, mistake again. It's yeah. so weird that he would immediately be like, "I'm in a different city. Like we're not in New York. I haven't seen this guy in a long time." But it just deaf him because who else would pretend uh, to be a scientist? I don't. Mm-hmm. Again, I think that's McFarlane. Unfortunately drawing it and then david michelini trying to figure out how to make the scene work that's what i think happened there because there's no moment where he realizes it's the chameleon it's dialogue he says so spider-man we meet again and spider-man thinks in his head meet again oh no and that's how he figures out it's chameleon which is kind of weak isn't it yeah because he's met other shapeshifters for sure he must have yeah for sure Right? Like, he's, he's no, he probably knows Mystique exists. Sure, like, exactly, exactly, right. Or any number of, of Marvel shapeshifters, and uh, scrolls potentially, at this point. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems, it's, it kind of seems very odd that he just immediately would think of this guy he hasn't thought of in a long time. But I do like the panels immediately next to that, where the guy goes, bomb, and he, Spider-Man's like, bomb, and then the bomb explodes. So I like those good. panels. Yeah. I I would also like to point out I always gush about Todd McFarlane. I want to point out a just a panel a drawing of Spider Man that is so awful. The, the, the page the page before the bomb 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 that first that one? Pa- no 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 the the, one, the page before it the first okay. panel. Can you look at Spidey's freaking thunder thighs he's got? Yeah, yeah, buddy. Rat. Not great. His Not great. thighs are his thighs alone are twice the size of his body. It is wild. That's true. He's got I saw, a big old haunch. Like, yeah, they're like it's like I don't even know what to compare it to. Like they're huge, like rabbit legs. They're thick. Like, yeah. And if you go to the page bef- directly before that, the panel of him standing, absolutely not the biggest thighs I've ever <laughs> seen small, in your life. Yeah, he's skipped leg day on this page. Yeah, he draws, like, the best McFarlane Spider-Mans are, like, the the wiry, like, he it is mm-hmm. all lean muscle, but, like, thin, skinny yeah. muscle. Yeah, but even the next page, I think, is great. All of the Spidey drawings are fantastic. Yes. When he lands on, page on the ground, digital nineteen, they're incredible. When, yeah, yes. when he like like what you were saying, Bex, with the the bomb 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 page. When he lands, it's so good. The far away shot where he's like webbing the ground and then grabbing uh, Chameleon as he's running away. That tiny panel even is good. Uh, the silhouette of him protecting uh, the guy that's tied up like even the silhouette is good like there's um (laughs) like flying upside down to the next page there's so many good moments that again those thunder thigh moments i'm like who cares this is definitely more consistent than previous issues but mm -hmm. there's still some sloppiness in between yeah i just wanted to to point that out because i i feel like every issue i'm always like no he's so good (laughs) right 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 (laughs) Yeah, but, we we do need to remember he is also still doing two he, two issues a month now. Yeah, very true. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But yeah, the other panel that I really liked is the one that Mike pointed out when he's holding the spider tracer and he's making mm. the exact same pose as the chameleon in the panel, like two panels before. I really like the the juxtaposition there. If you mm-hmm. go to that one, he's holding the spider tracer exactly how the chameleon 
plucked it off him. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Just little stuff like that that I mm-hmm. that I like. Right, right, right. Okay, so I recommend this issue. Josh, what about you? Yeah, I recommend this one. It's a little bit of a letdown with the reveal, but I think yes, all in all, that's it's, terrible. It's, it's really fun. The art is great to look at. Um, the cover is super fun. Like, it's not something that happens, but it's more of like an artistic uh, liberty, the comic. Uh, the, sorry, right. the cover. Where Chameleon, we, we can tell it's Chameleon. It's Chameleon's face and costume, but his skin is red and has the the webs of Spider-Man. It's it's super fun, right? Um, yeah, it's a it's a good issue. Bex. Yeah, um, it's I I do enjoy the Chameleon a lot. I like the fact that he's just like pissed at America. That's <laughs> funny because like relatable. Um. I don't want to know. I don't. Same with Josh from the last issue. It's like I don't want to recommend it until I see this conclusion of the Mary Jane kidnapping story, because mm. I'm so bored of the the powerless girlfriend kidnapped by a creepy dude who's in love with her kind of thing. So I want to see how this plans out. Because if it's like interesting, then yeah, I'll recommend it. But if it's not interesting, then maybe I won't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll just warn Spoiler you. Spoiler alert! It's not conclusion- interesting. <laughs> The conclusion's farther away than you think, but I'll leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Oh, no, really? Okay, so... Yeah, Michael. but it's already been spoiled. We already know she's fine. That's... Oh, well, okay. Yeah. That's true. And with that, we're now going to review Amazing Spider-Man number 308. And how do you want to do this? Do you want to do a little trade-off? Like, I can start off, and then we can... Yeah. Hop around? Just, okay. Yeah, whatever. Okay, so in this opening splash page... It's kind of interesting because in the last issue, the cliffhanger was that Mary Jane was going to be kidnapped. And now we're kind of jumping ahead to Peter. It's already like hours later. Mary Jane's been kidnapped. The police are there. And now Peter Parker is already kind of in despair, right? Like trying to figure out what happened and what's going on. So the cops are there. They're like, oh, don't worry. We'll you know if we find anything. And then Peter goes back into his uh, apartment He's all pissed off. And then right away on page two or three, we see um, like speech balloons coming from just below Peter Parker, which shows that Mary Jane, while kidnapped, is actually only like a floor or two down in the same apartment building. And so we see um, Jonathan Caesar and a couple goons kind of like, you know, talking to her and intimidating her. There's actually a really good sequence. I got to give Todd McFarlane credit here. Um He's like, you know, harassing her and like putting his hands on her face. And then she slaps him really hard. And then we see this one silent panel of Jonathan Caesar with his kind of look on his face with his eyes closed. And he's just waiting. And then the next page, he smacks, backhands Mary Jane and like knocks her down. It's so well done. It's excellent. But anyway, um, then, but yeah, just Jonathan Caesar, like we see again, like from last issue, all the pictures on the wall of Mary Jane. There's a statue of Mary Jane. He's just... It just shows how he's been obsessed with her for a while and how he gives his basic secret origin, how he's always got what he wanted and starting with my little brother who, what did he say? He didn't give me my train set back and implying that he murdered his brother. Uh, And then we cut away and we see that Spider-Man is directly outside the window. And I was wondering, why isn't Spider-Man's Spider-Sense going off? Well... Why would it? There's no danger, right? Like, Mary Jane is right below mm. him, but there's no reason to activate a spider sense. So he goes around and he's swinging around the city, and we see this almost, like, montage of him, um, what's it called, um, interrogating goons, like, 
cornering a guy in the street, dangling another guy off of uh, like a, a rooftop. And since we're doing thirds, I can leave it there. And Josh, do you want to pick it up? Yeah, so he starts interrogating <laughs> goons, and then uh, uh, MJ's still missing, and he's talking to his, like, book publicist, right? The the woman that right. he's kind of, like, been going on tour with, and they're, like, not going public with it. Um, and uh, Aunt May calls, and she's, like, excited about um, the book signing, and she's going to be going to the one in New York, I believe it's the one in New York, and she... Uh, Peter keeps the fact that MJ is missing from her. Uh, they do the book signing. Uh, Aunt May comes. So does uh, Nathan, Nathan and every like all of her other friends. Um, uh, Black Cat shows up, and I think she's turned around. She's at his apartment building. Right. Yeah. Okay. His okay. New apartment building. Right. Um, so she gets turned around. So just like a fun cameo i guess i don't know um <laughs> so spidey decides to go to the cemetery and he's ambushed um uh, he's, okay, yeah. just for the for the record i had to read the plot summary of this book to understand what was going on but anyway yeah i, I was gonna oh. say i i'm i'm super confused as to what's going on because yeah he's ambushed he starts like fighting these guys off he's webbing them up smashing their faces into tombstones and it turns out that taskmaster is behind all of these goons so he shows up and starts uh uh fighting with spidey and um he like grabs taskmaster and it turns out not to be him right it's Taskmaster. Yeah, yeah, he's not the kidnapper. So basically, one of the goons, if you if you click back, one of the goons hints that he knows something. And so the whole idea is that Spider-Man is going to come here and meet the person that knows something. But then he doesn't know anything. It's so stupid. Well, but it, it, so but it, what it is, is Peter thinks that somebody found out his secret identity, and that's why they're after Mary Jane. So he's interrogating these goons to get information like who could hate Spider-Man so much that he's trying to do this. So this guy is like, oh, I know a guy who hates Spider-Man. And he's like, it's in the graveyard. So he goes to the graveyard where Taskmaster is training people. And it's just a bunch of miscommunication of like, Peter thinks it's someone after Spider-Man after Mary Jane. This guy thinks Spider-Man wants... Or this guy thinks Taskmaster hates Spider-Man. So Spider-Man shows up. Taskmaster's like, I don't even... Why are you here, man? It's just kind of like... He just stumbles upon well, Taskmaster no, but, thinking it, right? But wait, wait. It does say that one of the guys that, if you if you go back a few pages, he let one of the guys go because the guy said he could get information. Then when Spider-Man's sitting on the tree, he says, Chili Bono couldn't get names or details, but he said the man who'd been talking revenge on Spider-Man was headquartered here. So that's why he's going to the graveyard because he heard that this guy was there. But then it turns out, apparently... Taskmaster was just testing these guys to see how well they would do fighting against Spider-Man, right? Mm-hmm. It's crap. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I, <laughs> I specifically, too, what's super weird, confusing about it is that, like, he's fighting Taskmaster, and then he just disappears. And he, the like, the right. guy that he, like, punches and then grabs turns out not to be him, and he's just, like, in a mansion, 
just beyond the cemetery. So he goes there, and then that's when all of this is revealed that, like, it's right. like a, a facility that Taskmaster has, and he's, like, training all of these guys to be assassins. The point is, is it's just a, a very lame excuse to get them to fight, right? Yeah. It's probably because Todd McFarlane wanted to draw Taskmaster, and they just had to figure out how to get him into the story. That's what I think. Mm. He looks cool. He looks cool in the comic. Yeah, look cool. Uh, I like I I like the way he he looks and his cape is like perfect. I think that this is like the perfect character for him to draw. It's so good. I love like the skull in this white McFarlane cape. It's so great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is pure McFarlane. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and it's, it's too many straps and like. <laughs> uh huh. All the good things we love about our boy Todd. Yeah. But <laughs> Just I, not, not any good story. I also love that, like, the assassins are all wearing Uggs. Oh, are they? That's yeah, fun. Yeah, it looks like it. Looks like they're just wearing Fashion. Uggs. Comfort, you know. But, uh, yeah, I just don't get this issue. I just don't get it. it it's, yeah, it's an excuse it's, to it's draw filler. Taskmaster. It's nothing. Yep. Um, really pointless and again it's one of those ones where you have to again i had to literally go to a a website to figure out what happened because i couldn't figure it out on my own that's bad storytelling also um mj is 100 percent in danger like he slaps her yeah and then we see spider-man swinging away it's like i don't know it just like What? Uh, it, it well, just... is Peter's spider sense for other people being in danger or just for him not, being in no, danger? I think it's just for him. Just for him. Just for him? Let's be oh, clear. His so spider fresh. sense makes no no sense. No pun <laughs> right. intended. No spider it, sense. It doesn't... It, like, I've never understood how it works, ever. It doesn't make logical sense. Mm. But I definitely... Neither does a man with the proportionate strength and skill of a spider. Well, that... But that makes logical no. sense because, uh, yeah, no, it does because I understand what it is. He's very strong. Spider sense. How does it work? Does it mean his Dang. spider sense has intelligence of its own? Because, for example, if Spider-Man, if Peter Parker wants to change into Spider-Man and if someone's standing in a window 50 feet away watching him, his spider sense will go off. That means his spider sense has its own intelligence that is looking at the window. That is fucking stupid. That's what I mean why it makes no sense. Hmm. I don't know. But anyway. But yeah, Strength of a Spider, totally fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyway. This this issue is weird, though. This issue is not great. No. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't understand why this is here. Um, I think a filler issue with just, like, he is doing the book signing... And then something happens and he like there's a goon or something and he interrogates him and he it leads him to Taskmaster's like training facility is a fine story by itself. I think it paired with the MJ being kidnapped story is what makes it a bad issue because right. it, there's no reason for it to be there. It's like a and I I know in real life these like weird um, things happen that distract you from what's important. But it just, it's not written as if it were a distraction or something that's keeping him from saving MJ. It just feels right. like 
he's living his normal life. And right. MJ just happens to be captured and he's like, ah, eh, whatever. Like it just, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure about like, this one. She's going to be pissed when she finds out that he was like halfway across the city punching Taskmaster and she was literally two floors beneath him. <laughs> Let, or, or give Taskmaster some sort of information to give Spidey. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like, like it's a it's a it's a small detour that will give him more information to get what he wants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't, I wouldn't know anything about that, but uh, I did hear about this guy who's been stealing models. You know, yeah. you know, some, you know, something like that's a good way to do a mystery. This is not. A good way to do a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, like so. one clue should lead to the next thing to the next thing, but it doesn't happen, right? No, this is just a side quest. Uh-huh. He's, you know, killing gnolls or whatever to level up. Yeah. He's catching some a bunch of chickens that escape from a coop instead of saving the princess. Yep. Um, so, you know, I actually got to say, even though I, I, I mean, I would still read this if I was reading all the McFarlane issues, I can't really recommend this because it's one of the worst ones, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I have a feeling the next issue that we have the MJ being kidnapped story, mm-hmm. they're going to recap the fact that she's been kidnapped at the beginning of the issue anyways. So I feel like this one is going to be completely moot. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to matter. Um, I also felt really uncomfortable with the slap. I know we're supposed to feel uncomfortable and I think it's drawn well. And I like the paneling is like a really interesting way to tell the story, but it f- made me feel like, ugh. well, it doesn't help that her like titties are out too. When she's getting See, that smacked was to weird. the floor. That yeah. was weird because yeah, you're supposed to feel like f- it's supposed to be like a violent thing, but then we also have to make sure she looks hot. Yeah, yeah, she's drawn was... so prettily while she's being hit. Right. Awful. Awful choice. Yeah, that was bad. And then he, he grabs his MJ statue and gives it a little sniff and a little kiss. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, we get it. He's a fucking creep. But also, I think you're also a creep, Todd. Like, <laughs> you just wanted to draw 10 busts of naked MJ. Yeah. Also, is he a short king? Do you see him? I wouldn't say king. Yeah, yeah a short I think a little, what? Little tiny rat boy crawling on the wall for cheese. <laughs> uh, I think we call them farquads. Ah. But. Yeah, I think he's he's a small lad. He's a small <laughs> little guy. Uh, maybe Todd McFarlane only knows how to draw women with very, very, very long legs. Oh, even when so. he's standing next to his guards, though, he's like a foot I love- shorter. I love that panel when it's like him and his goons and Mary Jane sitting down at the table yeah. and the goons are just gray amorphous blobs. And they're yeah. gigantic. And they're just so, so wide. Yeah. Why? But yeah, oh, um, wow. I don't know. There's some nice looking stuff in this issue, particularly the Taskmaster stuff I really enjoyed. Um, although it made no sense in the story. I don't think I would recommend this one. Myself. Uh, Recommend it. Black Cat, don't don't forget Black Cat's here. Oh yeah, that's right. Is she gonna help Peter find MJ? Probably not. She's (laughs) just here. God, I want to cut her rat tail off so bad. No, I love it. You leave it alone. (laughs) It's the only thing that they kept from her old look. 
Anyways. this one's not great. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mary Jane better rescue herself at the end of all this, or I'm gonna be peeved. Hmm. Oh, but next week, sticks and stone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, on that we're gonna wrap up our review of Amazing. Mm. We're gonna jump oh to the spectacular Spider-Man number one forty-four, mm. featuring the return of Boomerang, specifically blasted by the Boomerang. And on the cover, we see a great shot of Spider or uh, Spider-Man hanging off Boomerang and Boomerang blasting him with his feet blasters. <laughs> Whatever. His Whatever eyes are. are great in that in, on the cover. I love it. Welcome to San Diego, Spider-Man. It's a great place to die. It's great. They're like way mm-hmm. up in the air. It's awesome. So we open up with this really cool. I like this scene of um this guy on a talk show giving the history of his sailboat and all these little facts. And the point of the scene is to make this guy out to be a complete rich asshole douche, right? And while he's on this talk show, we see that. Sp- uh, Peter Parker and his kind of like agent are making fun of the guy as he's talking. They're kind of like quipping back and forth, almost like flirting. And Peter Parker bursts out laughing in the weirdest drawn Sal Buscema shot I've ever seen in my life. When Peter Parker bursts out laughing, it's so yeah. weird. But anyway, so um, then they then Spider-Man finally gets to go on the air and talk about webs. Then we see like a boomerang smash the TV, realize that boomerang is watching the TV and he is talking to this guy, um, which there's a little, there's a revelation that comes later, but this is not quite the point. Okay, so Boomerang is hired by this guy, Mr. Uh, Lily. Sorry, Mr. Lily, something like that. Lily. Yeah, he's being paid to. Oh, geez, I just read this. What is he being paid to do? Destroy the yacht. Destroy the yacht. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, and so basically, um, so then we cut over back over to Spider-Man and his agent walking along, and the douche comes up, and he's trying to give advice to Peter uh, to be more self-absorbed, to turn every conversation back onto yourself. That's the only way to promote yourself, blah, blah, blah. And he drives away in his car. Then the girl asks him to dinner, and uh, so he agrees to go to dinner, but then he doesn't go to dinner. Unless he does, and we just don't see it. But he ends up calling Mary Jane, and we get a really nice shot of Mary Jane in bed with like a nightie on. But anyway, we won't talk about that. And then Spider-Man, or Peter Parker decides, you know what? I miss my wife. I miss my home. I miss. And then he looks at a Spider-Man costume. <laughs> and um, and then the next shot, we get a nice splash page of him swinging over the city. It's a nice, cool shot of Spidey. And he's kind of bored, though. He doesn't have anything to do. So he's like, oh, I should just go home. And then he sees an explosion go off. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to get involved. You know, San Diego has its own cops. He's like, ah, who am I kidding? I'm going to get involved. So then he goes over, and it turns out that someone's been committing crimes with a boomerang. <laughs> right? And we see the cop holding a boomerang. And then he looks over, like, way across the way, and he sees, like, a, a man kind of, like, standing on the top of this building. And he swings over, and it gets, it's a nice little sequence where he gets closer and closer, and then we see that it's boomerang. And so he starts fighting boomerang, and he realizes as he's fighting, the bo- boomerang is really like angry at him he's like taking it personally how angry he is at spider-man uh but actually no sorry that happens later first um he just fights and fights him for a little bit and then they he boomerang disappears we cut back over to the daily uh daily bugle in new york and joe robertson is back at work after having his back broken by tombstone and just as he's celebrating his return to work um these two um 
federal agents come in and basically tell him that he's being arrested because he is an accomplice to murder because he covered up Tombstone murdering someone like 25 years ago or whatever it was. So then we cut back to the uh, the book tour that's been going on in all the Spidey books, more jokes there. And then we see Peter Parker having dinner with the douche who is the, uh, the, the owner of one of the boats. Okay. Then in the middle of this conversation, we see them interrupted by this crazy guy wearing like a hat and like a red jacket. And he comes in and starts mouthing off to what's this guy's name again? Baxter. Baxter. So this other guy comes in, starts yelling at Baxter and they're kind of back and forth arguing with each other. And then just in the middle of that, all of a sudden boomerang appears and boomerang throws a boomerang. It's kind of confusing. His name is boomerang and he throws boomerangs. He throws a boomerang into the um, uh, restaurant and it activates this like sonic thing. And then he throws another boomerang and it hits the guy who was yelling at Baxter in the neck and kills him. And then Baxter's all shocked. He's like, Artie, oh Lord, Artie. So then Peter Parker's like, huh. For a minute, I thought that maybe, what does he say? Judging by the way Baxter's taking it, I'd say the rivalry rivalry between him and Crippen, that's the guy's name, must have been a public relations ploy to build interest. So Peter is now thinking, okay, the argument they were having was just a put on, fine. So he goes back into the kitchen and all the kitchen staff are running away, changes into Spider-Man, and all of a sudden he's in the lake or, or whatever this is, like a bay, and Boomerang's flying around and he comes out of the water and just grabs Boomerang by the foot Boomerang flies up into the air and he's trying to like knock him off, but Spider-Man won't let go. And he's like, I'm so high up that if you were to fall, you'd have to make a perfect dive to survive. And then of course he knocks Spider-Man off. He's falling and Spider-Man's like, have to angle my fall, make a perfect dive or snap my neck like a day old breadstick. (laughs) So he survives, of course. He's swimming around in the bay. Then we cut over back to Baxter talking to the cops, giving his um, like statement or whatever to the cops. Everything's fine. Um, and then like he gives a statement. He's like, Artie Crippen and I were brothers of the sea. He was a dear friend and I shall miss him terribly. And so Spider-Man realizes, well, there's more to this than I thought. He's like, I was going to fly back to New York, but I'm going to have to stay now. Then we cut over to the twist ending and we find out, no, it turns out Baxter did hire Boomerang. He hired Boomerang to kill the other guy, right? But to make it, uh, to distract attention away from himself, that he was the one doing the hiring. So now this guy, it looks like he's going to win this race, right? That's at least the idea, I think. I don't remember. But yeah, and then that's the end. That's the cliffhanger. And what's his name? Boomerang. He's like, at the beginning of the story, he was talking about how much he had to get paid to kill that guy. But now he's like, if Spider-Man gets in the way tomorrow, I'll do him for free. And so that's it. Now next issue, Boomerang is going to kill Spider-Man. And I'm sure he'll succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the end. And honestly, I thought this was a really good issue. And the thing I liked about it was that it's a regular, it's like a, it's like a regular story, a regular drama of a regular, you know, TV, 80s TV show. But Spider-Man happens to be the one that's kind of fallen into this and has to like, kind of like investigate it and, you know, help and figure out what's going on. So that's why I really like this issue. Uh, Becca, what did you think? This is the best one this week, probably. Yeah. Um... I, it's it's just written very well, and it was enjoyable, at least for me. Like, the whole setup that this guy is a pompous asshole, and Peter's like, well, I still don't want him to die. And then when his friend dies, you feel genuinely bad for him, because you're like, oh, he was he was an asshole for show, but not really. And it turns out he's just an even bigger asshole. I love that. Right. Like, 
love a good twist that actually like they don't just pan over to the twist every every other page Lo that's great <laughs> yep um like because you know somebody hired boomerang but you don't know who it is and it doesn't make you think that it is this Baxter guy for like a second, which is great until it is and you're like, ah, you're right it makes perfect sense so yeah, I like that um sucks that Robbie's getting arrested, that's pretty fun um also, shout out to Peter Parker who, instead of just having really great phone sex with his hot wife, is like, nah, I'm gonna go be Spider-Man yeah <laughs> I think that sequence is so funny when he's like, I miss Mary Jane, I miss being home, I miss, and he looks over, and it's like, it could have taken a weird turn there, but he ends up putting on the Spider-Man suit. You gotta wonder what else he was missing, but anyway. Like, was, she's lying on the bed in sexy lingerie, right. and you're on the phone, and your guys are, like, in different cities. You're married. It's fine. Uh -huh. <laughs> Not even God would judge you. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Mary Jane's like, alright, Peter, I love you, I know you need to go swing around. Don't worry, I'll find something to do. <laughs> But it's I guess it's 80s Spider-Man, so we can't can't mm. really have that. It could have been alluded to, but <laughs> whatever. Uh anyway. I love Boomerang, by the way. Boomerang's so fun. I I love these like just just super super D tier Spidey villains. They're right, always so fun right. when they show up. Because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter who they are, really. Just he's Australian and he hates Spider-Man. I just love how many boomerangs he's got on him that are just like sticking off his body. It's so funny. <laughs> That's so yeah. great. It is a good look, and like, like, do you remember Captain Boomerang in the su in Suicide Squad? Mm. He had like three boomerangs. <laughs> so at least this guy has boomerangs and uses the boomerangs and it has multiple different uses for boomerangs. Yeah, he's got right. like six or six or eight boomerangs just strapped to him. Yep. And like right. one one's a sonic one, one like kills a dude. <laughs> yeah, I also mean jet jet boots. As supervillain costumes go, it's fine, right? Mm -hmm. I think. It's like hokey and dumb but on purpose, right? Right. Right. Ah, yeah. Josh, what do you think? Yeah, it's a fun one. Um, I... I was a little kind of like, hmm, at the end of the issue. Um, with the whole, like, twist ending. Okay. Only because, like, they have a completely different guy at the beginning say, like, you've got to blow this yacht up. Right? Like don't yeah. they don't they literally say you have to blow up this yacht? This is the yacht that you gotta. Uh, let me go back. Uh, yeah, it's that bloke. Yeah, very good. Uh, no, pay attention. It's like this Colonel Sanders guy, and that's the guy that Baxter technically hires, who then hires Boomerang. Yes, because that guy is at the end. Yeah, he's just standing in the background. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's so... just the middle man. Yeah. Right. So I guess the whole thing was that it he was supposed to fail blowing up the yacht. Because it's supposed to look right. like somebody's trying to kill this Baxter guy. Yeah. So that when he does kill his rival, he's like, oh, someone tried to kill me yesterday, and then they tried to kill me today. Yeah. This guy got in the way, but it's like but then, an assassination. Yeah, but then also, like, how did he know that his enemy was going to be at the dinner? 
That's fair. You just assumed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it just. <laughs> yeah, it feels like maybe they didn't think about the the writers didn't think about the plan at the beginning. Uh huh. And that's why I was a little like taken aback when he was revealed to be like I hired Boomerang to blow up my own boat. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it. it all in all, though, it was a really good issue, really well written. Like, even the background characters have, like, really great lines. I love the cops uh, talking about the, um, like, they're standing around the yacht uh, after it's blown up. And, like, the, the, the firefighters have, like, put, put out the fire. And the cop, one of the cops is talking to, to another one. And he's got the boomerang in his hand. He, I, I just picture him, like... Taking a drag of a cigarette. Yeah, right. got my kid one for Christmas. Only hers uh-huh. was plastic. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's just like, uh, it's just really well written. Yeah, again, even those like weird background characters that are just there to like give dialogue to, to move the plot along. It's it's yep. well done. Um, I, I think giving Spidey the reason to be involved in this like whole thing is 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 good um it's a yeah a little weird that we cut back to new york for robbie just to to see him get arrested but whatever yeah Um, that was one that could have again been saved for the ending right like that could have been the cliffhanger yeah uh yeah that definitely could have been the cliffhanger like it's also like isn't it past the statute of limitations or something like oh, that. Oh, uh, I don't know how that works, and I don't know if it applies to murder. I don't think it but, applies to murder. Yeah, I, yes, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, um, I, yeah, I think this issue, like Jerry Conway, well, I think at the time he'd already had experience writing television, so this feels more the most like a real story, whereas like Amazing just feels like a bunch of stuff. P, uh, Web is pretty good, but I think this one is the most polished. It feels the most like it could transfer over to like an episode of a TV show or a book, you know? Like it feels the most fleshed out. The characters, the story, the art. I mean, the yeah, the art, again, we talk about this every week, but I just think the art in this one is actually, I think Salvi Sem is getting better every issue. And I think this one is really good. Like I like how he's kind of experimenting with, um, it's almost like a Frank Miller-esque thing where like on digital page 13, Spider-Man is on the side of the building and he just draws the lines of mm. the shadow of the building, but no detail in the building. And I just think little things like that are really cool. You know, um, you know, he'll draw the shadow of a person's face like on digital page five, a boomerang's face. Instead of doing it all black, he takes the time to put the lines in and it just adds a nice texture to it. You know, it's not really realistic, but mm-hmm. it's still a nice little stylistic choice. Yeah, it feels very classic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it feels like this comic could have come out a decade before, right? And yeah. also, too, it kind of feels like it would still, it, like, it definitely still holds up today, too, uh, art wise. But um, yeah, they are, and I think it matches the story as well. Like, it's a, right. it feels like a classic story, even with like the mystery yep. of like this yacht guy and Parker's in a different city on tour and right. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty darn good issue. 
I agree. I agree. Um, so Becca, you gave your review, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, shout out to uh, uh, Taylor Janowitz. I don't know if you know who she is. No, who is she? But um, she wrote a book called. I think they quote it in the thing. I've only seen the movie. I haven't read the book, but it's called Slaves of New York. Mm. Um, and I only know about it because there's a this. It was made in like the '80s or whatever. And I only know about it because there's, like, this drag performance in it that's really good. <laughs> huh. Oh, cool. Um, and I only know that because I saw a GIF on Tumblr. And they were like, look mm. at this. And I was like, oh, the movie's not great. But the drag performance <laughs> is great. Mm. I had to look up her name, though. I don't just have that, like, in the pocket. I was like, why do I know that name? And then I was like, oh, Slaves of New York. I remember mm. that one. Um, but yeah, so she's a real person. So that's cool. So overall, yeah, this is one of my most fondly remembered issues of Spectacular. So I definitely recommend this issue. Josh, what about you? Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. I recommend. All it. right, Becca. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like as a juxtaposition to the previous one, um, just wanted to say Spider-Man figures out it's it's boomerang real, right away, but because he throws a boomerang <laughs> at him. Yeah, that yeah good out. point. Good point. Yeah, it, it narrows it down a little bit. So when he's like. Huh, could it be Boomerang? Ma- yeah, and imagine, he's holding he a boomerang? imagine he didn't know who it was yeah. right away. Like, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Chameleon! <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so on that note, we want to thank Bex Luther for joining us. Thank Sorry. you, Bex. <laughs> um, next Sorry. week is a very special episode. We're going to be reviewing some more crossovers with Spider-Man. We're going to start with part two of the Hulk story from Incredible Hulk number 349. We are going to read for the first time ever, my first time ever, Damage Control number one, which I've never read. And we're going to review Mark Spector Moon Knight number two, featuring a guest appearance by Spidey. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's going to be a fun one. I have read that one. Oh, nice. So yeah, it's going to be a very fun episode. So be sure to join us. And Josh, you can We're take. We're going to talk about Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It really helps when you stay in contact with us. If you leave us a review over on Apple Podcast, or if you comment on our YouTube channel, or our Facebook, or our Twitter, you can find us um, anywhere at the Comic Book Syndicate. Uh, please let us know what you guys think about the podcast and the comics we're talking about. We want to keep that comics conversation going. That's right. So until next Monday, see you later. Ah!